Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, we have been in a series called This is Journey. We've been taking the last, uh, today would be the sixth week. So the last six weeks and um, helping us understand as we uh, become Journey Church Ventura, that what that means, what does it mean to be Journey Church Ventura? We've talked about our passion verse. The, the, the essence of our passion is to allow ourselves to be hindered from doing the comfortable to do the uncomfortable. Allowing ourselves to uh, be interrupted in our lives, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute, but the passion is simply this, is that we're willing, because of our passion, to do whatever it takes to reach people that don't know Jesus with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we have to do that. We have to, that's a, that's a, we talked about that being a must in our lives, and I'll talk about more about that. We talked about our mission, the journey, a journey church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's our purpose. That's the reason we exist is to enter into those journeys of those who have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And, that's, and, and while at the same time growing together, that means the discipleship doesn't stop, but the discipleship includes reaching the lost in our community. Our strategy, the way we do church, the way we act around here, and, and the reasons we do the things we do, have are four words. And those four words are we meet for inspiration, to be like Christ. We meet on Sundays. We meet to, for inspiration, something to get our, our spirits up and going and motivated to go do something during the week for Christ. And then we model. We model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. Jesus is the, the, the model. It's not Pastor Ricardo. It's not another individual. There are great people out there to model our lives after. And there's nothing wrong with having a role model in life. But the most important model is Christ himself. And so we're going to do everything we can to become like him. We're going to do everything we can to live like him. And as we do, we will fulfill the mission of God in our lives. We mingle. We mingle together in groups to live and learn together. So we hang out in groups. On Wednesday nights, right now we're doing a, a unique thing with our groups. We're just kind of setting the tone for what groups look like here at Journey Church. And what we're doing is gathering together. We talk about some teaching, some ideas and thoughts from the scripture. And then we pray together. We talk and, and share life together. We pray for each other at those tables. All those kinds of things. And eventually we'll get into the, the groups that uh, maybe we'll have a biking group or a, a, a knitting group. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, a knitting group. Anybody? Okay, no, that's not, not a popular one. Um, any kind of group that you can think of that might be an interest to you, um, you can gather around that interest and then talk about Jesus, pray together, live life together, and support each other in that group. That's the whole reason we mingle. We mingle so that we become more like Christ. <clears throat> and then um, today we want to talk about the whole idea of merge. So we meet, we model, we mingle, and we merge. And that's why we've given you these tent cards. Everybody have one? Um, do you need instructions? Okay. It starts like this. Fold it in the middle. And then it has the two little wings on the bottom. You can, and then 
it has a cut in there. And you just slide that cut in together and you have a tent card. Oh, yeah, pretty slick. We paid big money for that. <laughs> I went to college for that. So, um, no, these, uh, these are great. You can use them anywhere. You can put them on the dash of your car. You can put them on your desk. You can put them on your table at home. You can put them wherever you want. You can take several of them if you'd like so that you can put them in different places. But this, is, this represents the church you attend. And this represents who we are. And so our mission on one side, our strategy on the other. If someone's walking by your desk at work and you go, hey, what church do you go to? I go to Journey Church Ventura. And this is what we're all about. Our mission is this. Our strategy is this. I would love for you to attend. It could be as simple as that. This could be just this, the attention grabber. And, uh, and so we wanted to give everybody an opportunity to grab one of those or two of those or three of those and use them at your convenience. And uh, we hope that they will help you out as you continue to engage in what we're all about as a church. And so we meet, we model, we mingle, and we merge. The big thought during this entire series has been this. Journey Church Ventura is unapologetically committed to the heartbeat of the biblical mission of reaching people who have yet to experience the love, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's the very essence of everything we are, and we're unapologetically about that. We're unapologetically about that. We're just going to go after it. We're going to live it. We're going to do everything we can. Do you like being interrupted? No? You don't like being interrupted? Do you, do you have a, like in your day, do you, do you often get those phone calls that are like, oh, that's going to mess my whole day up? Or um, you're, you're on the phone and you have a child and your child's going, mom, 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 mom. And you're like, son, mom, mom, mom. And do you like that? Isn't that cool? That's annoying actually. Um, have you ever been inconvenienced? Same thing as an interruption, pretty much. So kind of semantics with words, but have you ever been inconvenienced where you had the plan and then all of a sudden someone comes along and says, can you help me? <sighs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's an inconvenience. It's kind of messing your, your schedule up, your mojo up for the day. You, you wanted to get everything kind of going and you're in this groove and then all of a sudden you're out of the groove. Or something goes wrong and you just, like, you get a flat tire. A guy came today and, and uh, was, was early to church and he said, I got a flat tire. I need to go get it fixed. Here's, here's a book to read, Pastor, and here's our tithe. And uh, that was a cool thing. But um, he was inconvenienced because he can't be here to get the car fixed. And so um, what about, um, have you ever had those unlikely connections with people like someone who maybe you don't know very well, but they're, they're, they feel like you're, they're, you're their best friend. And so they want to hang on. And they, they, they're like, man, you're my best friend. You're everything. I just love you. you think, I think you're amazing. And you're like, I don't know you very well at all. And you're just like, have you, ha have you had those friends? Those kinds of people that kind of come in, and they're a little bit of an interruption at times or an unexpected opportunity. Those are uh, times where all of a sudden it's like you're, un you're in this path and you think you, you know where you're going and then something comes up and you're like, Ugh, man, that looks like fun. Or that looks like a, a good opportunity or I could make some money doing that. Or I could, but it, it, it would require you to have to go off the path, right? And so uh, you have to decide what's... what's what am I going to do with an opportunity that I didn't see coming? 
and you're either ready for it or you're not ready for it, and um, it kind of makes you uncomfortable. Well, that's exactly the idea of merge. The whole idea of merging into someone's life is understanding that it's likely going to knock you off your path because you're going to end up on someone else's path. You're merging into their lane. We're not asking everyone to merge into our lane. I think this was the big mistake of, of many churches is that we ask people to come on, be a part of our lives and, and, and change your whole life to become what we've made a part of our lives. And that's, that's a very, it's, it's an inviting thing. You're inviting them into your life because your life is great. Your life is full of Jesus. You've got Christ in your life. You've got this thing going that, that faith has become an integral part of your life. And you're like, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to be a part of that. But they're like going, I'm not ready yet. I, I need some time. And what you need to do is merge into their lives and bring Jesus with you, Right? We need to do that together. We need to merge into the life of our culture. And when we do that, then we bring Jesus along with us and life changes. And this is a very easy thing to remember. We merge into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. We merge into their lives and we help them discover, we help them experience the love, grace, and forgiveness of God. How does that happen? What happens when we do that merge? What happens when we get to that place when we um, make a difference in people's lives? And, and that's what this card is all about, is to help us understand this is what we do. This is what we do is, as, as a body of Christ here at Journey Church Ventura. We meet on Sundays. We meet like this. And it might be Sundays. It could be Saturdays. It could be Wednesdays. Whenever we're meeting, we're going to meet for that inspiration. And we're going to meet together to be inspired to go do something great for God. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. We model our lives after the like, like, life and likeness of Christ. And as a result, we become more like Jesus every day together. We mingle, we live life together in groups, and we merge into the, into the lives of those that don't know Jesus. Let me say this one statement. I think if, if there's anything I want you to hear today, it's this. The fulfillment of God's purpose for our lives will always result in making an eternal difference. I'm going to let that sink in just for a moment. The fulfillment of God's purpose for our lives will always result in making an eternal difference. I believe that's true because I believe that what Jesus came to do was make an eternal difference. That he came to redeem those that were separated in relationship from him and redeem that relationship, reconcile that relationship, put us back together in relationship with Jesus. That's what he was about. That's what we are about. That's the, the very nature of what it means to merge our lives. And so let's read this story in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Uh, for some of you, it may be a familiar story. For others, it may not. Um, Jesus is, uh, is walking through this town called Jericho. And while he's walking, it's, it's very interesting what this passage says. This is an illustration of what it means to merge into somebody's life. Okay? So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. He was intending to just kind of keep going. Okay, now I don't know 
if Jesus really just intended to do something. I think Jesus was always knowing what was coming up. I mean, if we believe in his omniscient power, his all-knowing power, then I believe that he probably had a good idea that there was a guy in town that was going to get some attention. Okay, but uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. You, you guys, listen, as we walk through this story, put yourself in it. I want you to put yourself, what are you passing through right now? Are you passing through work? Are you passing through school? Are you passing through uh, your neighborhood? That at any time, whatever you're doing, you're passing through an opportunity. You're passing through an opportunity. That's why it could be an inconvenience. That's why it could be an interruption. That's why it could be one of those moments where it's like an unlikely person is trying to attach themselves to you. And it's really a moment when you're passing through and all of a sudden something happens. And so a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He was a chief ta tax collector. This is a very interesting uh, point that it needs to be realized is that tax collectors in these days were uh, considered traitors. They were considered um, uh, unethical people, lacked integrity. They were not welcome people. They were not loved people because they were likely Jewish working for the Roman world, which puts you as a traitor. And they were also likely lacked credibility or integrity because they, the, the best way to make money as a tax collector is to collect more than you need. And we know this because uh, Jesus says to uh, someone in Luke chapter 3, way earlier in the, in the, in the uh, scripture, he says, even tax collectors came to be baptized. It was like a surprise. It's like, tax collectors, can you believe it? Can you think of a friend you would go, if, you, if we were having a baptism here, and all of a sudden this friend showed up, and you were like, whoa, even he was being baptized. Right? Or she. Or, you know, wow. Like, oh, no. I, I have some friends from high school who are like, you're a preacher? <laughs> that's funny. You know, that's, that's crazy. Um, and so... <clears throat> The, even the tax collectors were being baptized. And they, and they said to the teacher, they, they said to Jesus, uh, teacher, they asked, what should we do? And then he says, don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. So he said, don't stop being a tax collector, but be one with integrity. That's the change that should happen in your life. And so the, uh, there's this tax collector and he was wealthy. And what I think is interesting is, is that one of the things that people with a, a, a merge mentality or some, uh, some people in the church might call it a mission mentality is they always have their mission radar on. They're always aware that there's somebody nearby that needs Jesus. There's some opportunity awaiting. I call it the plight of the lost. We're aware that there is a destiny of people that don't know Jesus, that if they were to die today, they would enter into hell tomorrow or today. There would be a judgment on their lives. And that, that judgment would end up being that they would go into eternity forever. I don't like the idea of hell. I don't like the idea of eternity, eternal separation from God. I don't like that idea. And I don't like the, 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 the plight that it puts in, in, in the picture of those that are lost. We need to understand the plight of those that are lost. We need to understand that there are people today that will pass on that don't know Jesus. 
It's a tragedy. It's awful to think that that has happened, especially here in America where there's no barrier other than our fear in most cases that keep us from telling people about Christ. I just want to encourage you today to consider the plight of the lost, to consider what we need to do to trigger our minds to understand that there might be somebody next to me, standing next to me, sitting next to me, uh, working next to me, uh, at school next to me, uh, somebody I might be dating that needs Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And God forbid that they should die without him. So Jesus is passing through. There's this tax collector. In verse 3 it says, He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. I understand being vertically challenged. Okay, I'm only 5'9", and, uh, and, and that, I would, at least some people say that's average for you tall people. It's not. I'm short, okay? And so, um, being vertically challenged. This guy, uh, Zacchaeus, was vertically challenged. But here's the interesting thing. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who Jesus was. I, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I think I've told this story before, but I know my grandma, when I was young, was praying for me. And I told her not to pray for me. And she said, Miho, I'm going to pray for you, and someday you're going to serve Jesus. I wonder if there was a grandma that loved Zacchaeus so much that she was praying for him. I wonder if that's something that you're doing right now, that you're praying for someone I, 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 that you love so much that you just want to see him come to Jesus. And, and maybe that's what made him curious. Maybe it was a friend who, who saw Jesus somewhere down the road in, in another city. And, and uh, he, he, I, they didn't have texting then. I don't know what they did to help Zacchaeus know, hey, there's a guy named Jesus coming and you need to see him. There had to be word of mouth of some sort going on. There had to be an idea. Maybe it was a rumor that this crazy guy was coming to town named Jesus. And he's doing crazy things. And, and we don't understand it. And he's weird. And he's strange. Um, but, and he has this weird crowd of people around him. And these 12 guys that follow him that are a bunch of crazy guys. There's even a tax collector following him. And that would, that would kind of stir up Zacchaeus' curiosity. Who knows what was going on in his mind, but something came to him that said, I need to see who Jesus is. And what's interesting is the person who was seeking out Jesus became the person who was sought by Jesus. Listen to this. Listen. So he ran. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Here's an interesting thing about the little ran. As I was studying this, I realized... In the culture, men don't run. Children do, but men don't. In this culture, men didn't run. It was an undignified practice. You have to pull up your, your skirt, your clothes that you're wearing. They, were, they didn't wear, you know, 501s, and they didn't wear the jeans, and they didn't have all the clothes. They, they, you know, so he'd have to pull up his skirt and, and take off and run. And he ran to get ahead of the crowd that was following Jesus. I wonder, I don't remember being that curious as when I came to Christ. I, I remember uh, that I grew up in the church. 
And so I already had an understanding of who Jesus was. I just didn't have that, that level of curiosity. And I, today, I think there are people that would run if they knew Jesus was coming. I think they would run. I think they would hurry to find this guy that, is, is, uh, that people are telling them about. Uh, he does great things. He works miracles. He loves people that are unlovely. He touches lepers when you should never touch lepers. He lets the prostitutes live and forgives their sin. What, what a crazy guy. The hard part today is that maybe that story isn't getting out. Maybe that story isn't getting out there that Jesus is really doing something. Maybe that there's nothing to be curious about. That's something I was challenged by as I was studying this is like, where are people running to right now? What are they running to? What are they curious about? What are they hungry for? They're running to things that medicate them. They're running to things that pause their pain but doesn't remove it. They're running to things that cause them to feel a little bit better about themselves, but it only lasts for a very small amount of time. What would people run to today? He ran. And in verse 5 it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. And then he says this classic word that has been striking my heart. He says, I must stay at your house today. I must. Jesus lived with a conviction that was so deep that there were times in his life that he must do something. I must stay at your house today. This is an imperative. It's like I have to. I can't live without it. This is why I exist. This is why I, I breathe air is so that I can stay at your house today and represent life to you. What must we do? That word breaks my heart. There are too many days where I must rest. I must do something for myself. I must eat. As Ron said earlier, what must we do? So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. In Luke 4, 42 and 44, it says this, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, he tried to keep, uh, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. I must. I must. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, and as I've prayed about this message, I pray that there is a must that rises up within us. We must share Christ with the lost world. We must find those people that don't know Jesus. We must. We have a purpose. We have an existence. That's why our church exists is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness. That's the must. 
That's why we breathe. That's why we exist. That's why we have a building. That's why we, we, we do what we do. That's why we meet on Sundays is to get excited about the idea that we have an opportunity to bring someone from death to life. To introduce Jesus to their, to, 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 uh, to their lives and to merge into their circumstances. I love Jesus' invitation. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to the guest, to be the guest of a sinner. I don't know about you, but that's, that's the verse that ticks me off. That's the verse that just makes me mad. Is it okay to get a little angry? I, I, I won't get weird, but I, I just, it, it ticks me off. Why does there always have to be those people that look and down their self-righteous nose and look at someone's good intention to go and reach someone and criticize them for crossing a cultural line that needs to be crossed so we can merge into someone's life. I know I've talked about going into, you know, being invited to go have some drinks with some friends. I said, go. My wife was worried that you might have the impression that I go and I go often and drink. I drink Diet Coke. I, I tell people I'm not against drinking, I'm against drunking. Because the Bible is very clear about that. But for me, I haven't chosen to have, even have a drink. But that, that's my own personal thing. But at the, at the end of the day, if you saw me walking into a bar, I hope and pray that what you would think before you go, oh, he's going in there to be, a, to be with sinners. That you'd think, oh, he's going into there to be with sinners. He's going in there for good reasons. He's going in there for right reasons. He's going in there for the, 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 the proper perspective is that I want to shine my light in a dark place. I'm going to a place where wherever it takes, whatever it takes, short of sin, I want to reach people for the sake of Christ. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was going to a tax collector's home. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. It's funny it didn't say he was going to a short guy's home. <laughs> when the muttering started, here's what Zacchaeus did. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He was exceeding the legal amount of restoration. He's saying, if I did anything wrong, I will give it back four times. I will reconcile not only this relationship, which has already been reconciled, but I'll reconcile this relationship and we'll make it right. And it is a beautiful thing to see lives changed once they accept the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Because our hearts become clean and pure and right and holy and righteous, not because of anything we've done, but because of who Jesus is. And Zacchaeus has true repentance. True repentance. A life that's completely changed. A life that brings hope and life to others rather than stealing from them. 
And Zacchaeus was radically changed. And he was completely uh, repentant. And he, he shut the mouths of those that were muttering so that they could understand that Jesus was there about repentance and reconciliation and bringing life to that home, not to party, just to party. In verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. Here's a very interesting thing that he did right there. He said, because because of his role as a tax collector, he was pretty much excommunicated from being a Jew. You don't belong to our family anymore. You don't belong to the, to the people of Abraham. You don't, you don't deserve to call yourself a son of Abraham. You traitor, you thief, you person that lacks integrity. And Jesus brings him right back into the family. There are too many people that don't feel like they're worthy to be part of the family of God. There are too many people that, are, uh, that, that have been excommunicated, that have been pushed out, that have been placed in, in the margin rather than brought in or had people merge into their lives and say, listen, you're not too far gone. Listen, you've not made too many mistakes. Listen, the, the, the love and grace of Jesus is available to you and with his forgiveness and with the work that he did on the cross, today you can be pure and you can be a child of the king. Ah, oh, That's beautiful. Jesus just affirmed the position that, that Zacchaeus has in the family of God by saying, I believe that salvation has come to your heart. I believe, I know, I can tell that you are radically and truly changed through repentance. And today you are a son of Abraham. Today there are people out in this world that want to be a child of the family of God. They just need to be invited. They just need someone like you and me to go and merge into their lives and show them the love of Jesus. And let them choose. Let them choose. Verse 10. A famous verse in Christianity and the Bible. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We represent the Son of Man today. We unapologetically declare that what we are about what we are about as a church is to merge into the lives of those that need to be sought out, that, need, that are lost today, and help find them and help them find Jesus. That's what we're unapologetic about. We're, that's our purpose. That's why we exist. That's, why our, that's our heartbeat. That's everything we believe is that we live to seek and save the lost. We've been found. What a blessing. Many of us in this room, if not all of us, have been found by the grace of God. And it's by that grace that you and I today have this freedom, this guilt-free experience, this shame-free experience to know that we can live in peace and comfort and joy. We can engage one another, not because of guilt or shame, but because of righteousness and holiness that comes through the love and grace and forgiveness that we've experienced. Why not share that? with those who have yet to experience it. You might say today, no one is running to see me. No one's running to see Jesus. Why, why don't we have more Zacchaeus in this world? They're not going to run to see you. But they will run to see Jesus. 
So who do they see? I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I don't mean that. I, I hope and pray that the people around me will see Jesus in me. I like what John said. He said that uh, I must become less so he can become more. John the Baptist said that of Jesus. He said, I must become less. I have to stop being the focus of everything and let Jesus become the focus of everything. And I promise you, I promise you, if you will elevate Jesus, people will run to him. When we make it about ourselves, when we make life about us, when we make it about see me, see me, see me, and that's easy to do on social media, it's easy to do out there and create this image of yourself, when what we should be doing on social media is making it all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 It's okay to share your life with people out there. It's okay to, to do the social media thing. But what are they seeing in your life? Who do they see? We have to elevate Jesus. And when we elevate him, people will come to him. People will run to him. And I want to encourage everyone today to embrace our mission. To embrace the idea that we need to merge into the lives of those who have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Let that become language in your, uh, that rolls off your tongue. Help it become your purpose. Help it become your energy. Help, help it become the awareness or part of the radar that you use to see those who are uh, lost in this world. Would you notice Zacchaeus in a tree? Do you notice the Zacchaeuses that you walk by each day that are eager to see Jesus? Then what would have happened if Jesus would have just kept walking? The tax collector would have never seen him. He might have seen him but never experienced him. We have to merge into those lives. My, my question to you today, and the altar call is not here. You can't, you can't merge inside these walls. My, my prayer, my hope, my passion is that we would spend more time out of these walls doing ministry than in them. Thank you. Are we aware of the plight of the lost? Are we aware of those around us and their destination without Jesus? Are we in places where the lost are? Are people around us curious about the Jesus we claim to serve? Those are questions that I hope you embrace. Those are questions in, in your bulletin. You have some questions on the bottom that would take this message deeper into your heart. And I pray, I pray, I pray that we would fill this room time again, over and over, with people who are coming to Christ. Not because of me, because of you. Because of us merging into the culture of this community, merging into the culture of all communities around here and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And when we do, people will come running to him. People will come running to see him and experience him and experience the salvation that we see happen in Zacchaeus' life. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I believe God is going to do that through you and me. And I praise God for that. Lord, we thank you so much that you are using us today. You're calling us today to merge into the lives of those that are lost in our community. I pray for those that don't know you. Lord, keep their heart beating, keep their mind going so that we have an opportunity to share your love with them. 
Lord, we don't want anyone to enter into eternity without you. We don't want anyone to end this life without you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide and direct our steps to those that are lost, those that need to be sought and found. Lord, energize our hearts, God, to allow ourselves to be interrupted, to be inconvenienced, to experience that that, um, unexpected opportunity. Let those opportunities be the opportunities to lead others to Christ. Father, I pray for the outpouring of your spirit. You tell us that you will pour your spirit out on us and that we will be witnesses to those in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem and to the other uttermost parts of the earth. I pray that you help us, God, to reach to the very ends of this earth with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. May we be a church that fulfills your mission and is passionate about it and that makes no apologies for doing whatever it takes to reach those that are lost, that need to be found. I pray for your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts right now. I pray, God, that you move us beyond our comfort zones and into that place where we can honestly and truly make every difference. We give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.